Good morning. morning. Praise God for allowing us to be here another Sunday morning and uh, for keeping us through the week and uh, blessing us as he as he has. Amen. Amen. Um, He's good. I almost thought I heard somebody say all the time, but (laughs) amen. Excuse me. We're going to um, continue this morning uh, in our series on prayer, uh, but we're going to continue in the book of Jonah. Uh, Jonah's been showing us some things about ourselves and about Israel and about people that we may not pay that much attention to. Um, but here, here, here's Jonah. Let's, let's read Jonah chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 7 through 16. <clears throat> verses 7 through 16. Jonah chapter 1. And they said to one another, Come let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, let it, tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation and where do you come from? What is your country and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea might make quiet down for us? For for the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. The men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the time of uh, preaching, Lord, and uh, for the people gathered, Lord, for your spirit presence, uh, present, Lord. We pray um, for good understanding. We pray, Lord, for fresh anointing to preach and to receive your word. We pray that you will be glorified, Father. We ask now that you do what only you can do. Uh, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength. You're my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. An uh, atheist, an atheist was taking a walk through the woods, uh, through a forest and uh, down by a river, and he was just uh, admiring 
the, the trees, the beautiful trees, the, the animals, and the, the powerful river running, uh, and, and just admiring at how uh, evolution had just brought all this together. And uh, as, he was, as he was walking, he heard a noise in the bush behind him, and uh, he turned to look to see what the noise was behind him, and when he turned around to look, he noticed there was a seven-foot grizzly bear coming out of the bush, headed toward him. Uh, so he, he began to run, uh, and he began to run fast. And, and, and uh, every time he looked back, he noticed that the grizzly bear was behind him. He was getting closer and closer, and, 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 and so he would, he'd look back, and the grizzly was coming, and the grizzly was coming, and, and, and his heart was pounding. And just as he was going to try to run even faster than he was already running, he tripped and he fell. And when he turned over on his side to look up, the grizzly bear was there right over top of him with his paws extended out, ready to attack. And at that moment, with tears in his eyes, he screamed out, oh, my God. He's an atheist. And just then, everything stopped. Uh, everything froze. The river stopped running. The, the, the bear froze, stopped moving. The noises of the forest just went completely silent. And a light shined down on him. And when the light shined down on him, a voice came from the light and said, all these years you've denied my existence. <laughs> you've taught others that I was not real. Uh, uh, you gave credit to a cosmic accident for my beautiful creation. And now would you expect me to treat you as a believer? And the atheist looked into the light and he said, uh, well, it would be hypocritical for me to expect you to make uh, me a Christian now and treat me as a Christian. But would you be able to make this bear a Christian? <laughs> and the voice came back and said, OK. Suddenly the light was gone. The, the river started flowing again. Uh, the noise of the forest picked back up. Uh, uh, the man looked up and the bear was moving and his paws suddenly began to come down and they came together. And then the bear spoke. He said, thank you, Lord, for this food that I'm about to receive <laughs> for the nourishment of my body. Amen. Uh, it's amazing how fear can inspire prayer. <laughs> Has anybody ever prayed a prayer out of fear before? Uh, fear and trouble stirred up. Anybody ever prayed a prayer like that? The, the, the title of the sermon today is Storm Driven Prayer. Storm Driven Prayer. What you don't want to miss if you start to drift off later, you don't want to miss in the text that God uses the storm to rightly shape both fear and prayer. He uses the storm to rightly shape both fear and prayer. Uh, if you were here, uh, you might remember last week that we saw uh, Jonah, uh, prophet of God, uh, refusing to do what God had called him to do and trying to run from him. 
uh, instead of listening to God and headed to the place, heading to the place that uh, God sent him called Nineveh, he got on this ship where we find him today. And he, and he thought he, uh, that he was going to be headed the other way to Tarshish, uh, away from where the Lord was sending him. And he ended up right in the middle of God's storm with these sailors who are losing their mind. In, in the chaos of the storm, they, the sailors, they called on every god, small g, that they knew. Uh, uh, none of, but none of the prayers that the sailors were, were, were yelling out had made, made, uh, made any difference. Uh, none of the prayers seemed to be working. Uh, they were still in a storm like no other. Uh, the captain had told and uh, came to Jonah, found him sleeping in the, in the hull of the ship and, and told him to get up and pray. Um, and, and I'm not sure if Jonah was dragging his feet or if he was too ashamed to call on the Lord because uh, he had been running from him. Uh, but he didn't pray. And the whole crew uh, was scrambled around to try to figure out what was going on. And so here we are in the storm, in the chaos, and it says in verse 7, And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this, this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? They were facing a disaster, and, and, was, and was, they were sure that it was somebody's fault on that ship, but they just couldn't put their finger on who was to blame. Uh, so they cast lots. In, the, in this place where they were in the ancient Near East, uh, they would sometimes cast lots to choose or identify someone or to discover the will of a deity uh, to, to help make decisions. And it's not clear what, what it looked like, what the lots looked like, but it's, it's possible that some folks may have used stones with marks on them and, and, and drawings uh, and, and someone would go in and it would be cast into a, a vessel or into your lap and someone would choose one of the stones and if it had the certain mark, uh, that would be the answer to the question. Uh, it, almost like when people used to draw straws. I don't know if anyone's old enough to know about that. They draw straws and then the person that draw the, drew the, short, the short straw say that three times. That drew the short straw was the person that was it. <laughs> Uh, they were the person that was out of luck, right? Um, and I know it, it sounds strange, but God had even prescribed and permitted the casting of lots at times to let people, his people, figure some things out. Uh, we hear, we see it a few times in the Old Testament, uh, but it only occurred once in the New Testament among the believers there in the book of Acts in the first chapter when they were trying to find a uh, replacement and identify who would be a replacement for the uh, apostle Judas who didn't make it. Um, but among the people of God, the answer was always attributed to him. Whatever they discerned from the lots, it was always attributed to God. They accepted that God was in control of the lot. Uh, in Proverbs 16.33, it, it, it makes plain that it says, The lot is cast into the lap, but every decision is from the Lord. Uh, God was in charge. And here on the ship in this storm, the Lord was guiding this whole situation to point at Jonah. 
when the, when the lot falls on him, they give him the third degree. Uh, uh, they interrogate Jonah. They, they need to know what kind of person they're dealing with that could be causing them all of this trouble. They, they're trying to get to the bottom. They want to know his nationality. They want to know his ethnicity. They want to know everything about him because they figure if they know his story, they might be able to figure out what God uh, has the power over this storm. And so Jonah answers their real question. And he says to them in verse 9, I I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. I'm a Hebrew, he says. Whenever they they spoke to or interacted with foreigners, the Israelites would identify themselves as Hebrew. It, It was first heard in reference to Abram before he got the name changed to Abraham back in in Genesis 14, uh, 13. It was an ethnicity that, that Jonah was proud of. It connected him to a group of, of people with a powerful history, and they were connected to a powerful God. I'm a Hebrew. Uh, instead of giving all of the rest of the info about, you know, who Sonny was or, or where he was from, he tells them his occupation. His, his occupation is fearing the Lord. Uh, this word uh, fear meant more than just being frightened. It had the sense of honor or respect or reverence or to serve, to, to worship. Uh, 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 he, he feared the Lord. And although it's, it's what Jonah claims as an identity, an Hebrew who fears the Lord, can anybody see any actual indication that he actually feared the Lord from looking at his life? Uh, it, it, made me, it made me wonder, is this, is this the answer that Jonah was just used to giving when asked about himself? Uh, you know, like a pat routine response that, that, that somebody might give or a title that somebody carries or a badge? Hebrew who fears the Lord. Uh, uh, we might wear badge. The, uh, being the title of Christian or disciple, it, it, it has to be uh, more than a badge to us. It, it, it has to correspond with our approach to the Lord and our representation of him to others in all seasons of life, especially in stormy seasons. Um, what we designate ourselves as. Um, Jonah, Jonah does make one thing plain, though. Uh, he, he, he makes it plain why the Lord is worthy of fear. He shares some of the Lord's resume with these people. He says, he is the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Uh, 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 when, you, when you pair the two words like that, sea and dry land, it, 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 it represents everything else. So, so he was given props to God. Is, is that all right? Anyone? No, that, that's an old word. Nobody uses that anymore. Uh, he, he, he identifies them. The God's small g 
worshipped by the sailors, were only thought to, to rule over one thing or another. The, you know, they might have been a god of the air or a, a, god, of the, a god of the sea. Uh, but, but Jonah lays out for them that the God I serve is the Lord. And he rules all heaven and all earth. His sovereignty encompasses all things. He made this very water that we're sailing in. We see his confession that uh, uh, it, it rattles the sailors a little bit. Look at what they say. It says, then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Uh, they, they, there was a, the, the great wind that was hurled by God at the ship. Then there was the great storm that arose. And now these men have great fear. The word, is, the word fear used here is similar but the fear described here has the sense of terror or dread. That's what these men were experiencing. These men went from being afraid to now being terrified when they heard what Jonah had done. They basically asked him, what were you thinking? How could you be running from the God that you claim has all that power? Mark it down. Mark this down. When, when what you claim to be doesn't match up with what you're doing, People in the world will be quick to point it out. And nobody marked it down. <laughs> you, you memorized it. Jonah claimed to be a God-fearing prophet, but was disobedient and fleeing from God. Uh, somebody once said that actions speak. Yeah, you heard that. And, and, and right about now, the storm was preaching louder about the power of God than Jonah had been. Uh, the storm was given the proof. Uh, meanwhile, though, God was using the storm to rightly shape their fear. He was using the storm. God is sovereign. It says, uh, look at verse 11. It says, then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. The storm. The storm was turning up. The, uh, the, the, it, it was like a pressure cooker for these men. Things were getting worse, and uh, God knows exactly what temperature to turn the storm to to get folks to give in. So they asked Jonah what to do. Jonah, you say you know this God. What, what, can, what can make him shut down this storm? What, what do we have to do to be saved is what they want to know. Even though he was, he was on the run, they expected Jonah to have some answers uh, Jonah looked around at all of the danger and damage he was causing and finally acting like a prophet of the Lord. He confesses his guilt and stands up to accept the consequences of his wrong behavior. His solution. And I know this had to come from the Lord because I don't know that anyone would come up with this solution. Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. 
Jonah was ready to give his life now to save the lives of these folks. And remember, Jonah never read the next chapter. He didn't know God had a ride ready for him in the sea. Uh, Jonah, Jonah had gotten on the boat not caring about anybody but himself. But after watching these people going through the storm, because of him, he, he repents and he becomes willing to die for them. He claimed to uh, fear the Lord, but now his fear is being rightly shaped by what's happening in the storm. Self-sacrifice always shows a, a more accurate picture of what it looks like to fear the Lord. Uh, I, I'm reminded in Romans 12 and 1 that it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. King James would say your reasonable service. It is your fear of the Lord. By offering himself uh, for the people on the ship, Jonah went from representing, uh, remember he stood as a representation of Israel uh, in, in, this, in this text and in this narrative, and as Israel would have seen it, uh, he went from representing guilty Israel to portraying or being a type of the greater representative of Israel uh, uh, who was promised to come, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, the one who, who stepped in when death was certain, who was truly innocent, giving himself as a sacrifice, lifted up on a cross to die so that whoever, whosoever, would believe in him could live. Whoever. Uh, uh, whether, whether, whether they were from Israel or whether they were from Nineveh, whether they were from Wall Street or West Philly, whether they were from Browntown or Eastside or Loma, uh, whoever would believe in him would live. But the sailors, they couldn't see all of that from their position in the storm, their position in time, their position in this text. They, they couldn't see all of this or, 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 or even recognize what Jonah was doing. So, so in verse 13, we find out it says, nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. Look at these folks in the storm. Remember, they, they had no connection with the Lord when they left Joppa. But, but something was now working inside them. And, and they wanted to find a way out of the storm, even without having to take Jonah's life. Even though he had almost caused them their lives because of his storm, because of his disobedience. Uh, so, so like many of the decent folks that we know uh, uh, outside of the church, they dig in and they try harder. Uh, when it says they, they rowed hard, it means that they dug their oars into the water like someone plowing ground. They strained, but they couldn't make anything happen. Saving self is not possible. It's not possible. The harder they tried, the harder it got for them. So, so and, and there's so many today stuck 
in this pattern of life, not realizing what the storm is, is trying to point them toward. Uh, they, they, they need a word and a witness uh, from people who fear the Lord. The sailors wanted to be saved from the storm, but the word they heard from Jonah was the only option. People have a problem with only being given one option. Uh, uh, Just like then, God has no trouble being specific about what needs to be done for salvation to take place. Uh, The world would rather save itself or at least have a few good options for salvation. Yet God establishes and gives only one acceptable sacrifice, uh, one way to be saved. And there shouldn't be any complaints about the sole way of salvation uh, uh, that, that takes place through Jesus Christ. No one should be complaining about it being narrow. In fact, there should actually be uh, rejoicing and thanksgiving that God gives any way to salvation. While they rode and tried harder, the Lord again turns up the temperature of the storm. It says it grew worse and worse. I, I don't know how bad this storm can get. And, I, and, and I, I hate to be talking about this when some people may be preparing for a cruise, but <laughs> the storm grew worse. Amen. And worse. It, 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 he, he, he continues to just turn up the temperature in the, in the pressure cooker and, and, and the, the people continued to try harder and harder but nothing could get them out of the storm it grew more and more stormy until the, until the men came up to a point of exhaustion or surrender until they're, they're done uh, when, when they realized that nothing else would help They recognized that the power and purpose of God was going to win no matter what. The Lord was going to win this fight. Then they prayed. They prayed and and not like the random cries to the random false guys that they prayed back when the storm first started. Now they called out to the Lord, the scripture says. Uh, God's Grace allows these men who had worshipped other gods to now come to him in prayer. He didn't just use the storm to get at Jonah, but he used it to rightly shape the way that these men pray. They learned to pray in this storm. They prayed to the Lord to save their lives. They prayed for Jonah, calling him innocent when he was sure enough guilty they, they, they also prayed for their own souls. They even acknowledged that the Lord was in full control of this whole situation. In other words, they prayed to God for mercy and surrendered everything to him. The prayers of these men had been shaped by the storm. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea. God had hurled the storm, hurled the wind that caused the storm. And now the the, the sailors had hurled all of the cargo off of the ship. And now here they are hurling Jonah into the sea. And the sea ceased from its raging. 
Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. The men not only showed surrender by praying to the Lord, but they demonstrated submission in doing the thing that was in line with his will, even though it was a hard thing. So after, after these people pray, they move forward to obey. They cooperate with God in the prayer. Uh, we, we should note that it does no good to pray and have no plans to obey what God says in response. They pick up Jonah and they hurl him into the sea. Remember, they, they, they don't know the rest of the story either. They just obeyed the word given by the Lord through his prophet and the sea stopped its storming. The loud wind and the crashing water, it all suddenly just stood still when Jonah hit the sea. They had, they had likely been screaming because of the storm, trying to hear one another uh, uh, speak. And now imagine the quiet. You've ever been in a place with, uh, with loud music and you're trying to talk to someone and then suddenly the music goes out and you realize that you're yelling <laughs> and everybody else does? The sea was still. God has sent a miraculous storm, and now there was a miraculous calm. They feared the Lord exceedingly. Finally, their fear was properly placed. Uh, uh, They were in awe of the Lord. They were ready to bow now and to serve the Lord. Uh, That fear means. Um, it's, It's uncertain it says that they sacrifice, and it's uncertain what they sacrifice, uh, what, what sacrifice they offered to God in their worship, but uh, it, it's certain that it was mixed. It was mixed and mingled with promises of devotion to him after the storm. The storm not only served the purpose of stopping Jonah from running, but it molded the prayers and fear of these men towards the glory of God. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to stop here and I'm going to close and we're just going to let Jonah float for a little while. Just let him float. We'll get back to him next week. But just let me share a, a couple of things I believe the text calls for. First, are you living and approaching the Lord with appropriate fear? Not terror of doing something wrong or punishment, but having great awe and respect and devotion, the attitude of, 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 of worshipful serving. I, I, was, I, was, I was encouraged to find that topic floating around in one of the life groups I visited this week. Next, considering Jonah's willingness to be thrown overboard to stop the storm and save the lives of these people are you willing to give yourself to be an answer to prayer the text challenges us Uh, we can't sit back and say that's Jonah that was then and uh, uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 uh, that, that, that the things that were written before time were written and we should take them as examples and, and, and for instruction. 
Let's be ready to stand with those who are being shaped by storms today, uh, giving ourselves to point them towards God's purpose and, and God's glory and God's salvation, even in a storm. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you uh, for your word and for every opportunity that you give us, Lord, uh, to be shaped and molded in in the pattern and in the way that you would have us to go. Um, We pray, Lord, now that this word would uh, be rooted in our hearts, Lord, that it would uh, grow in our spirits and that it would overcome our flesh forever, making us useful for your kingdom. Uh, Lord, it's been said that when it comes to storms, you're either coming out of one, uh, headed towards one. The storms are ever-present. The, the, the situations of life, Lord, they're, they're ever-occurring, Father. And we just pray, Lord, as we encounter them, that um, you would uh, reveal their purpose and that you would help us to stand rightly and carry out your will. Be glorified with our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.